Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Got a quarterback for Sunday? I got three. <laughs> Should we see Nick starting? Uh, Nick Foles is starting. Are we good? Okay. All right, thanks. <laughs> Doug Peterson is so over the questions about Carson Wentz. A couple weeks ago, lost his you-know-what before in a press conference. That time, you can tell he's a little bit agitated. The guys are just trying to do their job. Like, once you answer the question, it does go away. Everybody does say it's good. Um, I have mixed emotions about this because – and I want to ask, when did we get to the point where an athlete or a coach owes a reporter – or the public any kind of information. When did we get to that point? Like when I never felt as an athlete like I owed you anything. Right until game time, that would be it. Because what do you mean? NFL I mean, I, I, the I, rule I, that you have to have a status for the game, whether it's questionable, probable, or out. Well, after checking whatever box is is needs to be checked per your league, right? Right. right. Ab- above and beyond that, I owe you nothing other than to go out there and do my job to the best of my ability. And then, and right. I, mean, I mean, there's this like. I don't know, sense of entitlement at times from the media and, and from like fans, like they are owed an explanation. You know you're, what's all? You're not owed anything. It's on fantasy because they want to know who to start and week, who are they going to put it? I don't care what it's on. <laughs> like I just don't. I, and then I said I had mixed emotions because like coaches, like you know, they're going to ask these stupid, ridiculous, like over and over questions. Just don't get annoyed, bro. Just go up there and just say, Hey, look, man, I don't have an answer for you and keep it moving. Right, right. You know Instead what I mean? Instead getting badgered by them over and over. So. He does give us the answer, says Nick Foles is going to start. It was a – so Carson Wentz, is this the, this dilemma of, you know, the, the quote that you keep getting is he hasn't been cleared for contact. That to me means nothing because he's – like it's just is he clear or not? Like is he going to play or not? Right. I, all that's just a medical term. It's just a football term that people talk about. Let me know when he's ready to play. And I think when you look at this, I don't – I hope there's no sense of – panic with Eagles fans like what's going wrong because it hasn't even been that long since he had an ACL injury which used to be an entire year right now guys are coming back nine and ten months which is the area of time we're approaching with Carson Wentz and you just basically got gifted a win like you got a free win in your back pocket because you got a win with Nick Foles playing as bad as he did so I think you take your time and be as patient as possible. Well, first of all, um, the, the Eagles, I don't think they did a really good job off the bat with allowing him to be out there. Like if, if we were in that, like if, if that front office, if I were in it, I would have tempered his like tweeting and, and, and divulging of information on his injury status a long time ago, right? Like yeah. I, I wouldn't want people to be assuming that he was that far ahead of course and just like kind of chomping at the bit to get him back. When I, as a front office staff, have been in dialogue with, with the trainers and the medical staff, I know where he is in his, you know, progression in terms of coming back. So I would have kind of checked that a little bit because you've got all these people anticipating an early return and that's just not realistic. And then secondly, yeah, as long at this point, what you're doing, if, if he's cleared to play, um, and it's one of those things where like, look, if we can get him another week of rest, he's going to be this percentage better and another week of rest, he's going to be this much percentage better than that percentage. Like what I'm doing is every time I get a win, it buys me another week or two. Right, and that's the way I treat it. Like until he's 100% unequivocally ready to ride, as long as Nick Foles is rolling out there and getting wins, I'm resting Carson Wentz. And then once he's once he's 100% and there are no restrictions whatsoever, at that point I'll roll him out. But it doesn't make any sense at this point, especially if you're getting the wins. This is a week by week thing. Right. So 
he was hurt in early December last year, so you're clearly not even near that window where it's, oh my gosh, it's a whole year and he's not back yet. There's still, it's still like within the normal time frame right. of when you do it. If I was the training staff, if I was Doug Peterson, I would call him in and I would tell him what happened to Robert Griffin III. Cause RG3 had this big, he tore his ACL, had off-season surgery, and he had week one on his sights. He was like, I'm coming back. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do things. Think, I'm going to do this because nobody's done before. Right. And then we know how that, that ended. Like it's, it's a, self, ugly. It's a it selfish soon. It's a selfish. It's a selfish way to be. But you, you're not doing it out of selfishness. Like you're doing it because right. you're this ultra competitor. Of course. But you have to have the bigger picture in mind. Of course. And that's where the team will have the bigger picture in mind when you look at the schedule. Go to, to go to the Bucks to go to Tampa Bay, which all of a sudden looks like a much more formidable opponent since they went to New Orleans and waxed them. But I still think you have the Bucks. You go to the Bucks, Colts at Titans. I think you have the luxury of really waiting till Week Five if you wanted to. Now right. if if he's on this trajectory and the doctors say he's completely fine, there is no, there are no issues, then, then roll him out Different whenever story. he's ready. But if they're worried about, hey, you know, maybe we can't call certain plays or we don't want to play him an entire, you know, game, then it's like, why are you even having that? If there is a one iota of a restriction on him physically, yeah, then you no, are not you worth should it. Not play him. It's not worth it. Um, the Saints, who got beat by the Bucks last week, have a really good quarterback, yeah. Drew Brees. He had some pretty high praise for a young quarterback who we haven't even seen take the field yet. It wasn't Sam Darnold, who we saw have a glimpse, but it was Baker Mayfield. Drew Brees said Baker Mayfield, quote, can be a lot better than me. Man, he's got all the tools. He's more athletic. He probably can run around better. He's got a stronger arm. Listen, he's got all the tools. I feel I was a big Baker Mayfield believer coming out. I was the Browns take him number one. I didn't think they'd ever do it, but I think they looked at the film. They saw him. They saw some of his leadership skills, and they said, "All right, we're going to roll it out." I I get it. Like people take these quotes and they run with them. Like Breeze obviously is going to compliment. What's he going to say? I think he's going to be a bust. You know who else could be better than Drew Breeze? My eleven-year-old son. <laughs> right. It doesn't mean that he's going to be better than Drew Breeze. Like, I, what is he supposed to say in this right. situation? I think fa- a lot of times, and it's. It seems like common sense to me, but if you put a microphone in my face, right? Yeah. And you ask me about a young kid in the NBA. You're gonna, like, he what, prays on him, right? Yeah, what do you think I'm going to do? Right. I'm going to sit up there and tell you, yeah, man, he, the kid could be really, really good. High seal. Like, I'm going to. Especially gonna... if you're in the business with him. It's one thing if you're an analyst. Right. Like us, we Correct. can criticize him. We could say certain things. But if you're a player and it's one of the fraternity. Correct. Talking about other quarterbacks. Of course he's going to heap praise on him. Now, I do think there are some similarities with the way they play in their size. Um, because they're both very accurate. That's where Baker Mayfield, I think, the right. similarity is, is because he's a very accurate passer of the football, and Drew Brees is one of the most accurate passers we've ever seen. Do you think he's more athletic than Drew Brees? Yeah. You do? Yeah, Baker can run around a little bit, um, but I don't think either one of them, and Drew Brees is getting up there. So right. Well, earlier at this in his point. career, he was never, no. never a mobile quarterback Got by it. any means, and I don't think Baker will be either, mm-hmm. but I think Baker's escapability and improvisational quarterback skills are a little will be better than okay. Brees. Like Brees is more of a, all right, it's the pocket, and this is where I'm throwing from, where Baker can run around and make a little bit more plays. Got it. Um, there was also another announcement. Uh, Coco, do we have the, uh, the sound from Sean McDermott? Your boy. That's your coach. Uh, what's his name? Sean John McDermott. McDermott. Sean, Sean. Oh, Sean. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll get it right. So here's what he had to say about Josh Allen getting the start this weekend. Yeah. I mean, look, that's, I don't, I don't feel a need, honestly, to elaborate. That's, you know, we, we talk a lot in house about decisions and things and what we've got to do and, and the right move at the right time. And, and right now, Sal, this, with all respect to your question, this is the right move for us. Oh, that explains that explains a lot. Uh, it's the right move. That's what we got. It's the right move for us, and uh, where we are. It's the right move. That's what we're doing. 
I'm not going to get into how permanent it is, guys. And, again, you got to understand where I'm coming from. It's the right move for our football team, and I'm not going any further than that. It's the right move for our team. I've got confidence in Josh. Um, I have confidence in this football team, and it's the right move for our team. Can I like? Can I give you like Please the cliff do. notes of that? Like, yes. let me just strip this down. So, guys, everyone knows how much I love Nathan Peterman. Yeah. Right? Yes. I've been told that I can't play Nathan Peterman anymore, and I have to play Josh Allen. Right. So this week we'll be playing Josh Allen. Right. Is it permanent? It depends. No. Here's the thing. He's. Like, I'm going to switch both of them in there because it's going to be ugly, yeah. and I'm going to be rolling all these quarterbacks all season long. So stop asking me these stupid <laughs> questions. That's what Sean McDermott is actually saying. And he's, I get it. He's in a tough spot, but he created this position. I'm wondering, cause we've crushed McDermott. And I think he deserves some of it. I wonder if some of the pressure is coming from the front office and some of the bad moves that have been made, like benching Tyrod Taylor last right. year, like trading him away, like bringing in AJ McCarron, then trading him away, like all these moves. I don't think those are Sean McDermott's calls. So it's sometimes I look at him and I'm like, he's in a really bad spot because now he's in charge of this team, which is one of the worst in the NFL. You really think that the front office is the one that came in there with the Tarod stuff last year? Possibly. Really? I do because there was a contract situation where they didn't know what to do long term. They had to make a decision. I think the front office wanted to move on. And that was why they were like, hey, we drafted Peterman in the fifth round. We're geniuses. Look at this gem and diamond in the rough that right. we found. So we, I think there was some pressure. So I need to get off of Sean McDermott. No, but I, but and then I can start. He's got to stand up for his guys. Calling their GM by the wrong name. And he's the, he's the moron. <laughs> but at some point, that. you've got to go out there and you've got to stand up for your guys and you got to do what's right. Look, at this point, with all jokes aside, why not roll Josh Allen out? But, you know, the, Josh Allen's not ready, but Josh, Josh I Allen. I don't think so, but who knows, you know? Lamar Jackson yeah. were the two in this draft that you would have said would need some time to mature and learn the ropes in the NFL. 100%. They, they weren't ready. They weren't drop in, uh, plug and play type of quarterbacks. And so I am concerned. And while I know that Nathan Peterman isn't the guy and why continue to roll that out there, um, when you know what you're going to get, I'm not sure that he's ready to go out there and do that. And, my concern, and I've said it before, and it doesn't pertain to every rookie. Some rookies can go out there, experience very little success, but in the process get a lot of like hours under their belt, learn from their mistakes, uh, start to feel the speed of the game and kind of acclimate themselves to that. They're one, the ones that aren't ready for it mentally, it can scare them off of success down the road, right? Yeah. Like the beating that they take, the happy feet, the speed of it, just feeling overwhelmed can be a daunting thing and it could it could do irreparable damage to a guy who's not ready to be dropped in there. I worry about Josh Allen. I'm going to give you Sean McDermott's translation cuz I was just thinking about this. This is what he want this is what he would have said. Guys, I would have loved to have waited 4 weeks to play Josh Allen, but I have no choice. <laughs> right. Because Nathan Peterman has been absolutely crushed on the field. It's been awful. I am scared to roll him out for another week because it's going to be even worse. So I have to play this quarterback because the thing that's crazy, this is why I get uh, upset at Sean McDermott. He said before the season, we have a calculated plan no, you don't. to wait on Josh Allen. And he even referenced his time with Andy Reid. And he said, that was my mentor. And we waited with Donovan McNabb when I was on the Eagles till November. And like he referenced that specifically saying we were going to wait. Now you're thrust into this emergency situation. And, oh, by the way, the schedule is as rough as it gets. Look at the past defensive ranks on this one. So you're going to throw out there a rookie who's green against the Chargers who are salty after getting waxed by Kansas City. Then on the road at Minnesota, Minnesota, one of the best defenses in the league. And then you're going to have to go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Like, if you – the ideal situation would have been, all right, let's wait till the Titans at home. Like, let's give them a little breather, let them watch Peterman prepare. Now they don't, and it's going to set them up for a really bad spot. 
I will say this. Deshaun Watson last year, Bill O'Brien thought Tom Savage was the better option. Like, it happens all the time. Right. Maybe Josh Allen's a gamer. Like, I'm trying to give him some hope to except, give Buffalo fans except hope. Except you've seen him in, in some Pre-season. action. Yeah, And he looks true. very overwhelmed. Yes, he does. the situation. Yes, he does. Last week, 6-15 for 74 yards with three sacks. Some of these times you can't help yourself because your offensive line is just so bad. So, we've got Sam Darnold has now started. Yeah. We've got Josh Allen is going to get his first start. And I hope he does well. Like, I all like I really do hope that. Oh, all, all of us would. Yeah. Like, I, there's never any time we would sit here and root, you know. A guy uh, there's a play. time or two I might. But I, this <laughs> right. one I'm not. Not this one. So you've got two of the rookie starters. Lamar Jackson played a little bit, hasn't started with the Ravens. Josh Rosen, that was a pretty bad performance uh, by by his team. And you got Baker Mayfield still sitting there behind Tyrod Taylor. Who do you think, like, what would be your hunch of who we would see next? Josh Rosen. I'm, I, I I mean, you'd see Lamar Jackson, but in, right. in, in like, I think he's package. the last one we'll see unless there's an injury. Right. Um, their team is pretty good. I think Josh Rosen for that reason. Like, their, team's, their team is bad, and you couple it – Couple it with the fact that, like, I don't know if Sam Bradford's ever been healthy. Um, I think that that's a situation where he can uh, he can step in and play a little bit. And and I thought that he was the most like plug and play of all of the quarterbacks. Anyway, like the debate for me wasn't like uh, between Baker and Sam Darnold. It was between Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. And yeah. So um, I think you heard coming out of their camp that people were really impressed by the way he handled himself and his his ability to take take on the the playbook and the workload there. And so I think that that's a situation because the team is struggling. It's going to continue to struggle, and I don't think Sam Bradford lasts. That's a situation where I'd like to see a young quarterback go in there because I think he's got the mental makeup to be able to handle the ups and the downs of a, of a first year and maybe not seeing a whole lot of success. I think Baker Mayfield plays soon. I do. Tyrod Taylor struggled. It was bad weather. Like Ben played way, Ben Roethlisberger played way worse than him. He's right. not getting any heat because he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Tyrod's gonna get heat. There's just going to be this pressure. From the staff, and I think even to some extent from Hugh Jackson, who's like, hey, I want to save my job, so I got to do something to mix right. this up. Because they play on the road at the Saints. We talked about their awful performance. Mm-hmm. They're going to be chippy. They're going to want to get back. I think if they start, basically it's 0-2. I know they had the tie. If Tyrod doesn't play well this week, I wouldn't be surprised if they rolled him out there against the Jets. I just That's kind of been the spot of pegged for them to start. Baker could be totally wrong on this one, and I think it would have to be bad for Tyrod, but it wouldn't be surprising if they played. We were on the pod, um, I don't know, this was months ago now, and we had said, or a month ago maybe, that if Tyrod went 2-1, and that he was good to go. Yeah. And I'm look, if I'm a Browns fan, and if I'm in the Browns front office, that – that tie feels like a win. So I would, I'm going to now say if he goes one, one and one, that his job is safe. So I think they'll give him the Jets game. You, you look, I don't care it's who Sunday you are. Sunday night football it is, too. Maybe you'd, and, but it would be fun about it. We'd be darn to roll him out. Arnold versus Mayfield. That would, I mean, Sunday that's, that's like a fairy tale story. They're not worried about yeah. that though. They're worried about what's best for this team. I, I think if you, look, you could forgive a loss to, to, to a high-powered offense like the Saints on the road. Like, I think you pencil that in probably as a, they're, they're penciled in losses. I don't care what any coach says. Like, you <laughs> right. look at a schedule, NBA, NFL, whatever, you know, you're probably not going to win that game. Um, they're probably not going to win that game, but you, you, you pulled out a draw with the Steelers. I think they'll give him, uh, the Jets. I think they, I mean, you don't owe anyone anything, but I think at that point, if he went 
you know, with one one tie against the, the Steelers and one one loss against the Saints, you kind of owe it to him to let him go out there and see if he can beat the Jets. Ravens, Bengals tonight. You talked about Lamar Jackson. Don't think he starts. I have a prediction for you. Okay. Lamar Jackson is going to make a wow play tonight. Tonight? Yes. Oh, then I'll be watching. On Thursday night football. Yeah. Lamar Jackson. I'm not going not gonna to start the game, obviously. They have a package for him. He's going to have a wow play, whether it's speed getting outside or a throw with some sort of trick play. I love the way they're using him. Yeah. It didn't work in week one. I'm telling you, one of these weeks it's going to work, so keep an eye on on that. All right, we got to take a quick break. you got to hear back. Tom Brady and Gronk replied to Jalen Ramsey. They went off on him. Oh, did they? Just kidding. They kind of played it safe. But we'll let you listen to it. That's coming up next and off the bench. Welcome back. Anthony Smith, good job by our research department, digging deep into the archives. That was the safety for the Steelers that called out a guarantee oh, against nice. Tom Brady of Pittsburgh. Tom Brady wasn't having it, and they actually blew him out like 35 to 10, uh, 34 to 10 in that game. Uh, NBA news. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple. Devin Booker had the offseason surgery. We were a little bit surprised it took his long, but we're like, hey, no big deal. Like he was probably trying to rehab it. Now we've got, uh, Russell Westbrook. Similar, minor surgery on his knee, gets it scoped, but he could miss the opening of the season. Uh, it was a, sur- a surgery on his right knee, a procedure that will likely force him to miss the entire preseason, could sideline him for the OKC's, uh, first few regular season games. He's gonna be reevaluated in four weeks, uh. with the Thunder opening October 16th against the Warriors. Concern? Yeah. Um. No, I was just trying to do the math on the scope. The scopes like usually scope, don't take come, that. Yeah, yeah you come back in two weeks. Correct. So that 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 leads me to believe that it's a little more like I had a couple scopes and it was just minor cleanup. Yeah, you know what I mean. So there may have been, I mean, I don't know for a fact, but could be a little something else going on, but not a huge concern. The only look, Russ is a freak of nature athletically. Uh, I'm not really worried about what he looks like coming back. I would like to have a nice full preseason. Um, training camp under my belt in terms of building chemistry with the roster that they're going to have there this year and kind of try to build off some of the stuff that was developed last year. And so that sucks for them. Um, there's a real, it's not really a power struggle because I think Paul George firmly understands that it's, that's Russ's team and the way they're going to play the style that they're going to play. But in Russ's absence, he's going to have to assume uh, much more responsibility, much more of the playmaking load. And so when Russ comes back, that could just throw that dynamic off a little bit. I would have liked to have smoothed it all the way out, right? So there would right. be no misconceptions of what everybody's job is. You're going to have one guy doing the lion's share of all of that work, uh, and then you're dropping Russ back in and saying, all right, now give me some of it back. That could just get weird. But other than that, I'm not really worried. He had his injury issues back in 2013, missed 27 games. Then uh, 2014, came black, only missed 15. Then the last three years, he's played 80, 81, and 80 games. He's been the model of you know durability throughout this career. I think the thing that you're worried about, I mean, so I think, again, I think it's a mild concern is that he's such a player that plays with such a high energy level who relies on his speed and athleticism like if that drops off at all does it impact him but i would assume he's going to be fine if this is scope we said devin booker no big deal that he waited this one any different like well, it seems like a scope if you knew it was there like if it was minor you just get it fixed up cleaned up in the offseason as soon as it started as opposed to waiting this long yeah but scopes are one of those things like you're playing all you're, you, these guys are playing pickup games all off season. i mean you could follow them on instagram yeah. and stuff like that they're at all these lifetime fitnesses and they're going so it could be something you know where it just popped up you know you weren't really feeling it a couple weeks ago or a month or two ago and then all of a sudden you're like dang my knee feels junky you know or it's one of those things where you just got a little extra fluid in it or it feels tight on you and you go in and they're like yeah dude you just clean that out and so i I don't the timing of it's not super strange to me so we talked earlier about drew Brees. I don't know, just heaping praise on baker mayfield now you've got dirk nowitzki he's out there heaping praise on luka Doncic. 
says he's an incredible talent. His court vision and passing for his size at his age is something I've never seen in my 20 years. Mm, I'm, uh, <laughs> like dial it back. So this is a similar Because you saw LeBron. Like LeBron came into the league and he had right a pretty good skill set, bro. Right, right. So you're saying maybe this pump, is an overreaction. Yes. Just a little bit. Pump the brakes on that. Uh, he said, I could shoot. I mean, he's talking more about himself. I could shoot a little bit at 19, but I never had the court vision, the savviness, and the stuff that he brings to the game. Just the way he already reads pick and rolls, you go under, he shoots. If the man goes over, he kind of keeps him behind him like the best, like Chris Paul and these guys do. He does all of that. He's going to be fun, fun to watch. Uh, those stats are a bit misleading, obviously, because Dirk's are NBA stats versus now, are we gonna, early. Well, hold on. Is this our boy Mikey? Can't even, Thank <laughs> goodness Mikey's not mic'd up in there. <laughs> we did this. I thought we cleared this. Yeah. Oh, that, when we put Sam Darnold's USC stats up there. They're very deceiving. Yeah. It's a completely different game that he was playing. Um, all right, Mike, you had to do that too. What I will say, though, is... Is Dirk and Luca are two completely different players. Like Dirk was a more of a scoring with with uh, limited dribbles, like high efficiency type of player, and Luca is kind of a playmaker, table setter. So it's not surprising that Luca would be much more like well versed in being able to run pick and roll. Like Dirk was never a pick and roll player with the ball, even even in his like MVP years. He was he was the picker, not the guy that was you know ball handling and stuff. So I would think that he would be. Uh, better with the ball in his hands. And, you know, what I, like, Dirk is right though. Like a guy at his size with the ability to handle the ball and make plays for people, um, that in and of itself is, is rare. I mean, you're talking about like the LeBrons, the Ben Simmons, like these, you know, you're talking about some of the best players on the planet. Um, and he can do the, he can do these things and he can score. The only problem that I have with Luca is, and it's, it, it, it might wind up not being a problem at all. Um, you can run pick and roll a lot in the NBA, but there are times where they're gonna like take pick and roll away from you or take what you want to do out of pick and roll away from you by the way they cover the pick and roll. Um, and they can make your life hard depending on the personnel that you have on your team, right? That dictates kind of what you can do out of pick and roll at times. And so there are times in NBA games where it's just gotta be one on one. Like we get a switch in pick and roll, um, and now the guy who picked is gonna vacate and now it's you and me. Right. And you're the point guard and Clint Capella has switched on you with the Rockets. And that's a desirable matchup because I've got my point guard now with the biggest guy on the other team at the top of the key. And I feel like we should be in a very like good situation here. Does he have fast twitch enough and is he good enough athletically to beat Clint Capella or Tristan Thompson or Draymond Green? Sometimes it just boils down to that. Right. And. That's where I worry about Luka Doncic. So it used to be there was just this worry about Euros coming over. Like it was a tough transition. You had a couple busts that were out there, like, you know, that just kind of ruined the reputation of them. You had Kristaps Porzingis come over, plays pretty well, though he's been dealing with injury issues. Any concern about his style of play, or is it just the NBA is kind of more similar to that style of play? No, I think the NBA is kind of more similar. It's more it's not it's, as big of an adjustment. No, it's more wide open. Like I, and a lot of guys now have the ball in their hands. They don't play like traditional sets. You, you've got a lot of court spacing and everyone's got to play make like um except your three and d guys but but i don't don't worry about this his style of play and i do think that he's going to have success at the nba level but when you're talking about success versus stardom like those are two different things right and to be a star um at times you have to be able to physically now dirk wasn't a physical specimen in terms of fast twitch but he figured it out and like luca could do the same thing but if he doesn't figure it out like Dirk did and they don't like curtail offense around him like they did for Dirk, 
you could see him be a very good player, but not be a star potentially. Do you have any idea how you're doing in our picks uh, against the Lions? Pretty damn good, I would imagine. All right, I think so. Our boy Emery got off to a rough start, but he bounced back big. He's ready for some guarantees, some locks in week three. Emery Hunt's going to join us next on Off the Bench. All right, it's time for uh, moving the line. We're gonna get some help, some people out with some investments they may make over the no, weekend. Investments. That's what we're calling them. Yeah, right. yeah, which if you, hey, if you got like, if you have a guy like Emory Hunt helping you out, yeah. then they're investments because it's right. an educated guess. They're all guesses, right? There's nothing. There's no such thing as a lock, <laughs> but he is giving some. After a little bit of a rough start, bounce back with a strong week two. He's up to three, four, and one. Emory, what's up, my man? How we doing today? I'm doing fine, man. As always, I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course. Fantastic. Emery's the founder and he's an analyst at Football Game Plan. Uh, he's a sports line expert. You can follow him on Twitter at FBall Game Plan, uh, on Twitter. Let's get it started. Tonight, Ravens versus Bengals is a pick'em. Who do you like in this spot? I like Baltimore because I, I do believe defense and run game travels and I like the fact that the Ravens are strong on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And, and again, I love the offensive weapons that Cincinnati has. I, I love that they are able to come out and you know, show some mental toughness and come back from a de- deficit and, and knock off the Colts. But I just feel as though the Ravens are too strong defensively to allow that to happen. We're going to see probably a 17-13 type of a game with the Ravens winning. Um, all right, Emery, this this next game, the Jets and the Dolphins. Prior to the season, I would have I had both of these teams probably in my bottom bottom picks. But I mean, they both Arnold won. comes won. out. Yeah. Tannehill looks they, good. Yeah. So I mean, the Jets are laying three to the Dolphins. What do you think? I'm going to go ahead and take the Jets in this game. I like the Jets uh, in this matchup. I had them finishing second in the AFC East preseason. And I look at their defense. I look at their ability to attack you at all levels of the field. I think they have some underrated receiving options and tight end options. And I don't think the Dolphins have enough uh, guys in the secondary and at the second level to be able to cover the Jets. So I think the Jets will win. So I would say it's later points with the Jets in this one. Man, how crazy things have changed for the Jets. One of the worst teams in the NFL. All of a sudden, they're favorites. And yeah. two grand. the Dolphins aren't very good. But we'll have to see how that one goes. Uh, Emery likes the Jets to cover on that one. All right, the Chargers coming off an ugly loss to the Chiefs. Gave up four touchdowns to Patrick Mahomes in that offense. Let's just say it's not going to be quite as big of a challenge going against the Bills. Josh Allen getting the start. They're a touchdown favorite versus the Bills. Who you like in this one? I think you have to jump on this while it's at a touchdown because this, <laughs> while it won't look like the Ravens game last week, the Chargers offense to me is a lot like the Saints where they're going to consistently try to push the points up the scoreboard and try to push the ball into the end zone. They're going to have a lot of success against the Bills secondary, a lot of success against the Bills defensive front. So I would say lay the points with the Chargers. I'm looking at maybe 28 to, to three type of a ball game with the Chargers easily winning. All right, let's switch gears and talk about Danny's FSU Seminoles real quick. Um, struggled last week. Who'd they barely be? Was it Savannah? Not Sanford. 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 That was Miami. They're a was powerhouse Sanford. at the FCS Sam- level. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, I think they got to go to Syracuse this week, yeah. right? Syracuse. They got Syracuse plus three. Um, am I gonna Am I gonna get what I want here? Is Syracuse gonna be Florida State? I believe so. And this is a situation <sighs> where you have to take uh, consistency over talent. On paper, yes, Florida State clearly has more talent, but Syracuse has run this system a little bit more so than did Florida State and looked a lot com- a lot more comfortable in it. Um, I love Dungy, the quarterback. I love that receiver, Custis, the 6'5", that they move around the formation. I think they beat Florida State, so I would say take Syracuse and the points because of the consistency with the coaching, the scheme, and the fact that this is the type of game that Syracuse gets up for 
and we'll win. I don't like that pick, Emery. <laughs> right now, I'm, I like all these picks except for that one. Uh, we got a Thursday night game. It's going to be played a little bit earlier uh, earlier because of Hurricane Florence. It's 5.30. Boston College playing Wake Forest. Boston College, a lot of people love this team coming to the season. Wake, nobody really talks about because they're Wake Forest. Right. Uh, who do you like in this spot? Uh, BC is 2-0 and against the spread so far this year. Wake is 0-2 against the spread. Who do you like here? I love BC later points with Boston College because again, run game, defense. I love Wake Forest quarterback and he's going to be fine as the season moves on. But on such short notice, that's why BC was probably able to, yeah, we'll take this game. Let's move it up because they know their run defense and their run game travels well. And I think they take care of business against Wake Forest. All right. Great stuff as always, Emery. Good to see you with the solid backdrop today. I don't know what bunker you were coming from last week, but I like this backdrop a lot better, man. Bring the A game. I like it. Me too. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Emery. All right. Good stuff from him. Hopefully win. Hey, Danny, how do you feel about that Syracuse pick? Um, <laughs> what, do you want to do something? you want to have a little – Let's. we have to have a bet on it. We really. actually like really every, need to And every that team I've ever played on, if your alma mater's yeah. playing, it was just, just automatic. So it's automatic, it. Hannah. Automatic. Let's go. Right. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> ready. <laughs> All right, guys. So Damian Lillard was throwing some shade yesterday. Someone tweeted at him saying – Fans should be upset because he's apparently been everywhere but the gym this summer in the studio on 2K and now even boxing. This fan goes, not one open one, open run or workout. Even CJ went on open runs. Dame clapped back saying, quote, my workouts don't require a camera crew. He kept going saying, it's a fact, all these videos, then when season comes, it's quiet. So, Danny Raja, what's your take on Dame calling everyone out here with these recorded workouts? I'm with you, Dame. Like, why, why do we have to be putting our business in the streets? Like, real real killers move in silence, bro. Like, you don't need to see what I'm doing. I, I'm just in the lab putting in work. And again, who the hell – why do you think you are, like, privy and you are owed, like – seeing me work out i don't owe you anything as a fan as i don't owe as the media like you you there is a sense of entitlement that people pros at whatever they do owe fans like some insight into what they're doing i do my work in the in the dark bro i love dame's attitude old school hey i do my work i don't need to show everybody and tell everybody because i'm almost suspect of guys that put out their workouts Absolutely. like how hard are you really working if you've taken the time to hire these camera crews bring them around you and of course you're going to put out yourself in a in a great light like that's what everybody does i want to see what these dudes are doing and you'll see the results on the court which is dame's talking about. All, 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 like in real talk like he is built different than a lot of these nba guys now where they're worried about building brands and social relevance and like this and that dame is about and you can see it when he plays like the better point guards in the league he's got that assassin's mentality that kobe kobe bryant not putting out any workout videos no <laughs> no he's just oh, he's Never working did. that's all he's doing yep Raja, I'm about to call you out. I know you're a big fan of pumpkin spice. You got to say it. Pumpkin spice, pumpkin, pumpkin spice. spice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it turns out you're not the only one. Stefan Diggs is showing off his love for Starbucks now. So check this out. The Viking star got a diamond-studded chain to represent his obsession for all things iced. Apparently it took Ugh. over a month to complete and over 15 grand. If you guys remember, this isn't the first time we've seen him show some love for coffee. He had custom made Starbucks cleats last year <laughs> in preseason. So guys, how far is too far? Because I think this might be it. <laughs> yeah, this is over the top. Uh, I think Starbucks is paying them. They have to be. Those are actually some dope cleats though. <laughs> they are. Really they look did. like the cup. They got yeah. the order on there. At least they spelled his name right because they can't even spell the name right half the time. I just, yeah, Starbucks has got to be. They do that I on mean, purpose. 
That was a clean chain, though. Like, I never realized, like, that Starbucks logo. So you like it now. The, 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 yeah, the pendant was so you're clean. You're a fan, a $15,000 chain with Starbucks on it. I'm saying the only way I'm wearing that is if Starbucks made it for me and they're paying me to wear it. Yeah, no, I feel you. But it didn't say <laughs> Starbucks on it necessarily. And right. I, what I'm saying is their logo minus the Starbucks yeah, over like it. like the mermaid isn't or whatever a, It's it not a bad look anyway. It's kind of fresh. Yeah. That's, that's just the shoes I actually like. I did. I did too. Very creative. Cool. Yeah. You wear them once. Like you're not wearing those every week. That's not every gay game. Exactly. You right. put those and then you put them on your shelf in the collection. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. Uh, y'all are crazy. It is so, all of that is so ugly. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't even know how you're talking positively, positively about that. Alright, so while we're out here making fun of Stefan Diggs, Dirk Nowitzki doesn't mind just making fun of himself. He posted this picture on Twitter. It's him pointing to the sign Limpo as he tweeted, quote, it's an honor to have the practice facility named after me. So, Danny Raja, there's nothing better than this kind of attitude, right? <laughs> Dirk is a funny dude, man. Very, like, super self-deprecating, like, got a great sense of humor. Um, and- and generally speaking, it really does look like it hurts when he moves now. Yes. When I watch him when play, he tried it to looks do that like dunk it hurts. the other day, yeah. and it was like he barely got off the ground. It was bad. <laughs> hey, Hannah, before we do our next one, I got to call you guys out, both you guys, because we just crushed all those dudes that are working out on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. What does this look like right here? I don't know. You probably can't see it. Over there. <laughs> what is that working out? That's Raja working out. That's, That's a Raja workout. Now I can look up Hannah's real quick because I know she's. Yeah, no. but I don't play. You guys no, both are putting out workouts. I'm not in the league anymore. Like I'm not. That's my workout workout. That's not my gym workout. Oh, busted. Yeah. Boom. Roasted. Both you guys. Hannah, you have them too. I don't. I don't. go look. I don't have them. Wait, now right. I have to think. I don't think I have yeah. them. I think you do. <laughs> Watch out. Oh, man. It's out there. Once it's out there, you can't take it's it back. <laughs> Raja, you can't take it back. You're the one I'm with the I'm taking it down. It's coming down in a minute. All right, what else we got? All right, last one, guys. Kyrie Irving can add a new line to his resume. He headlines the newest group of athletes to enroll in Harvard's business school. The group is called Crossover Into Business, and it was created to help sports stars maximize their earning potential during and after their playing careers. Other guys in this program are Nuggets power forward Paul Millsap and former NFL tight end Marcellus Bennett. Longtime NBA star Chris Bosh has also completed the program previously. So, guys, this should be celebrated a little bit more, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how that like the biggest head in the picture, Zaza Pachulia, didn't like, <laughs> reference. He's way up there in the corner, right? Um, no, no, no. It's okay. Um, but I think it's great. I've, I've said it before. Um, was that around when you were playing? It's yeah. It started to well the Harvard Business School. I don't know if that was around, but them generally trying to make you more aware of the opportunities that existed and starting to try to partner you, like the NBA or the NFL. I mean, starting to trying to part partner you with like these corporations and these people that could kind of teach you. They they offered internships and anything that you would be interested in potentially doing uh post career and so programs like that um I think are great um for for guys trying to figure out and giving them options uh for what they would like to do post you know professional athlete career. So I was one of the first person to first people to do it. One of the first players in the NFL they kicked off a program. I went to the Wharton School of Business yeah. which is like even better than Harvard and Princeton. It's like one of the most illustrious. It was really pretty cool. It was like a two or three day intensive yep. like seminar. Drew Brees was in the first class with me. Uh we got to hear the thing that was cool about it is the speakers they brought in. When you're Harvard Business School, any that Stanford Business School they yeah. do it out there. They, the, their graduates, they bring back to talk to you. We had the guy who, who started and one. Yeah. He was a Wharton grad, so he came and told us how he started the business selling stuff out of his car. Yep. Uh, John Huntsman, like a Utah business, he came and spoke to us. So that was, it was really cool just to expand players' minds and see, hey, there are other things out there and it's a good way to network. Like well, a lot of guys met some of those businessmen see, and then it translated into other opportunities. That's the thing. That's a, it's a who you know type of deal, right? And, yep. and that you're networking. 
ability is never as good as it is when you're actually a viable player, right? Like some of those avenues shut down once you stop playing. So that's when you make your relationships. That was the one like overarching message. Overarching message was network. Like yeah. that was all they like build your Rolodex. It wasn't even like where do you put your money? Where no. other than don't do sports bars. Like that was their right. like, don't do it. No matter how good tight you are with your buddies, don't right. do a sports bar. They said network, build the network, and then that's Absolutely. how you, you know, get successful. Good well, stuff. Well, Danny doesn't post videos up of him working out, but he does talk a lot about his business goal. Quite the humble brag that was. Oh. For Danny. <laughs> Better than Harvard or that's you right, know, know. Harvard. Hey. Working in business school. <laughs> all right, that's all for Social Relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canal and Bell. Coming up after the break, Danny and Roger are going to get to today's leftovers. And Danny, you have to think about what we're going to do for that Syracuse and FSU bet because it's got to be a good one. Stay with us. You're watching. We'll be doing off those updates in a Syracuse jersey or oh. a Florida State jersey. Is what you're going to be in? No. <laughs> Next week. You watch. Yep. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. Finished off some leftovers. Isaiah Thomas, what us in this business, what we do is put out a lot of lists in the offseason. Yeah. You know, it gets slow on content. Isaiah Thomas must be feeling the same thing because he put out his own list of top point guards, best point guards in the league. You know he had it number one? You're talking about Isaiah Thomas who used to play for the Pistons, and you're talking about an all-time list, correct? You're, uh, you're I believe talking we're about... talking about our boy Isaiah Thomas from the Celtics, correct? Which one are we talking about here, Coca? <laughs> the Celtics, not not the all-time great with the Pistons. Yeah, he's on the Nuggets it's, now. It's, it's, so he right. lost a lot of money. Maybe he's still salty about that. But he had himself as number one. Yes, correct. He was on an interview with uh, Kevin Hart doing the cold as bleep uh, podcast. Yep. Do you, so do you have a problem with that? Uh, do I have yeah, but, a problem? But like, I think even he's probably like, I know I'm not good, but I'm going to go with my, yes, guy. I'm going to uh, go with myself on this one. Yeah. So then he goes, uh, after himself, he has Steph number two, Kyrie Irving three, Russell Westbrook four, John Wall five, Dame Lillard, the Lillard six. Yeah. Where's the beef aside from himself? Um, like, well, would you have Steph number one? No. Really? I wouldn't. One of the greatest all-time shooters, great handles. You wouldn't have him. As yeah, I love player. Steph, but I take Russ. I got Russ. Like, I like, I mean, I, Steph would be number two for me, but okay, so I, you I would take have, where would you put Kyrie? I would put Kyrie. Third? I would put Kyrie at number three. Um, and then I would have Chris Paul at number four. And I would have Damian Lillard at number five. Yeah, he's throwing some shade at Chris Paul. Not yeah, Chris I'm Paul's not sure. even on the list. And then you have to de- like you have to determine whether like James Harden because he plays the right. He plays the point, although he's not really the point. And I guess that's why he's not on the list because most people consider him a two. Or he's just throwing shade at him. Uh, I don't think personally. Because you can't throw th- shade. <laughs> he at better him. not. Um. Yeah, I don't really. Mind. I mean, look, dude. I Isaiah Thomas wouldn't be in the league unless he was the type of dude. That would say he's the best point guard in the league. Right, right. No matter what. Right. Most of these guys have to believe that or else right. you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be out in the court. Um, when you were playing, if you didn't make the finals, did you watch them? Sure. You did? did yeah. You go to them? I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't tuned into them like, like, right. like, like I had to see it, but right. I would watch. So NFL, a lot of guys won't watch. What? They just, it's like a superstition. It's a saltiness. It's a bitterness. I don't want to, I don't want to, especially don't go. No, I'm not, I wouldn't go. go. Uh-uh. So Doug Marone said he doesn't watch Super Bowls. Not true. Uh, he obviously missed him, was really close in that AFC championship game. We're up at the halftime, then kind of shut it down. Brady came back. That happened. Uh, but he said he doesn't watch at all since he began coaching. It's just a reminder that his team failed to get there. Yeah. I, what do you, I don't know uh, if I necessarily buy that either. Like you look at it and it's, does he really not watch? I'm saying this is one of those fables, like where it sounds cool to say, hey, we didn't get there. I always thought the best part about the Super Bowl was going for the week of, and then I'd bolt 
Saturday night or Sunday morning before the game. Like you'd right. go to make a lot of money. Yeah. And you talk about do networking. Like you do a bunch stuff, of party events. a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Does that happen at the NBA finals or not as much? Cause it's more spread out and they're traveling and going. Yeah. Not so much at the NBA finals. That, that, that weekend is more your all-star weekend. Yeah. Where guys yeah, have like, you got your autograph signing. Right. You can do some sponsor events and stuff like that. Um, Georgia State's head football coach, Sean Elliott, uh, had a big game last week. NC State, they lost, but they had a big play. So he had a right bicep <laughs> that he had tore in an aggressive fist bump. Aggressive fist bump. Yeah. That would be like, was there like a recoil on that? Like, I how think do you... it was. Yeah. And you know what's nasty about a right bicep tear is that's one of those ones like the Achilles that sucks back up oh, in your arm and it like makes it like your ravels. arm look all deformed. You might want to take it easy on some of those uh celebrations that you got going on. Georgia State was also the one where the coach tore his remember he was Yeah, that was <laughs> that was RJ Hunt's dad Hunter's dad. Yes, yeah, remember he yeah. was out there coaching with the wheel like the, he was that was That's his Achilles, right? Yep. Man, they gotta work on their strength and conditioning program. <laughs> Georgia State. Pilates, bro, get some stretching, some lengthening of there. the muscles. Yeah. That's those injuries terrify me. Even now an Achilles scares me. Like if you went up and just played pickup hoops, because as you get older, you're more susceptible to them. But I think they're also some of them are genetics. Like, and thankfully, my dad didn't have one. It's part of the reason I stopped playing basketball as much as I did. Fear of that Achilles. I got a lot of people around me who've torn that Achilles. And it ain't it ain't uh, a light rehab either. You're, right. you're going to be uh, hold up for a while. Um, John Gruden was a rough debut for him in the opener when they lost against the Rams. Maybe we know why. Because he was talking with the Denver media on Wednesday and said that a skunk gassed the building talking it's to the whole practice facility it's an omen. I think it might be for it's the whole omen. entire season it's it said we had a short week no sleep and a wild skunk in our building it's a smell i still can't get out of my face as opposed to a tame skunk like like yeah, like, right, a pet like, like a pet, someone's pet right on a leash there? yeah i don't think that was it it's gonna be he's and and it, have you ever had a stunk a skunk nearby like spray you or anything what you never. <laughs> what are you talking about? A skunk nearby? Had, so no. maybe this is from my time living in Connecticut. No, yeah. this is more wildlife. Like we had bears I sprayed by a skunk. Off. No, I didn't get sprayed by them. But I had other people get sprayed by them, and I saw them like spray from a distance. If it gets on you, it's on you for like a week. Dude, it, tomato juice doesn't work. Like is that an old wise tale? That works. That might be an old wise tale. You've I was seeing someone get sprayed by a skunk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Out on a hike. We were out hiking out there in the trails. Yeah. Crazy. You that do is not crazy. want to mess with a skunk. You do not want to mess. I'm with not that. messing with wildlife um, in general. We got the Ravens. I don't even like cats. No, I don't either. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan either. Ravens, Bengals tonight. I was surprised it was a pick'em. Yeah, Ravens are going to win that game until I found out Flacco's record on the road in Cincinnati. You know my IFB hasn't been in. Like, did you, have you been looking at that? Is that Pet peeve of mine. I'm a sidebar real quick. Okay. <laughs> I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, if you're really a friend of someone's, right? Right. And let's say you had like a little bug yeah, or yeah, something yeah. right here, I would tell you that, <laughs> right? Like I was, I was around the other day, right? And I had something like white right here. Yeah. I had eaten something in the car. I was walking around. I had been in like four stores. Right. And I got back in the car and I realized that I had like a white crumb stuck to my face right here. No one ever said a word to me. So like this IFB is <laughs> oh, sticking out fine. all programming. You right. didn't say a word. So I'm going to be a good friend. You got some white right here on your forehead. <laughs> no, it was right there. Right. Oh, there's still there. There. It's, it's still there. That's what look. Side. It's there right it here. So I'm helping you out. Look at that, bro. What is that? <laughs> so I'm helping Incredible. you out right there. See, now we got it. See, I'm a good friend. I, I hope that wasn't. It. That wasn't. It only took. It couldn't have been a booger, right? Like that was too high on my forehead. It was to like a piece of towel. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
while there. But see, it only took me 56 uh, minutes 56 to look out for minutes. it. But I did tell you about it. All right, do you want to get back to our rant? Yeah, dude, our the rant? Ravens are going to, until you found out that what, he's like 2-18 and 18 no, three against, and six against three and six. I'm on the road. All right. This is one of those teams, too, where Flacco's so hard to figure out because he's all either all in or all out. Yeah. I do feel like he's playing better this year because he's got some threat behind weapons, him. Bro. He's, he's got, got weapons, too, but he also has Lamar Jackson sitting on the bench. Oh, the true, last uh, time we saw him play this well was when he bet on himself. Remember that? He was like, yeah. And it was the year they won the Super Bowl. Right. He had a little bit of pressure on him. Maybe that has him some dialed in focused a little bit more. No, there's something to be said for that for sure. But also, like, this is the first year I think you could, they made an investment in going out and getting him some receivers. Like, he's always played with a relatively subpar group of receivers. Um, and not only did they draft, they drafted two tight ends, right? Right. They went on and got him receivers and they even made a bid for Des Bryant. Like, they were all in on getting him some weapons. Um, I'm see. going Ravens too. Emery has them too. Makes me nervous. What should we do for Hannah for Florida State uh, Syracuse? Oh, that's Is between the Jersey's two. lame, or should we just do it? Like I have to do the show Monday in a in a Syracuse, or yeah. she has to do it in a Florida just, State. You know, yeah, I mean, going money though. I'll make her have to buy something. That's between you two, dude. You come <laughs> see right. me when it's Miami right. game. We're not yeah. good. <laughs>